Welcome to the UMMC Bible Study Podcast, a podcast produced with students at UMMC. My name is Tim Chen, and I'm a former graduate of the UMC Medical School. Currently, I'm a family physician practicing in Mississippi. The goal of our podcast is to help our students and their families grow closer with the Lord and stronger in their faith and walk with God. With the rigors of school, it can be difficult to spend time with the Lord as well as fellowship with other believers. We hope that this podcast uplifts you during this challenging time and encourages you in your journey with God. Welcome back to the UMMC Bible Study Podcast. Today we are concluding our two-part series concerning Jacob's life. If you haven't heard the previous podcast, I would recommend checking that out first before listening to this one. I've got Christian again with me, and I'm really excited about today's pod, because I have to say that when I saw what we will be getting into today, it completely revolutionized my Christian walk with God. And if you heard last week's podcast, it has to do with transformation, specifically transforming a natural man into someone that is useful to God. So before we begin, I pray that the Lord open our eyes to this matter in a solid way. Let me give you guys a small recap concerning the divine thought here. We saw from the beginning in Genesis 2 that there were two trees, the tree of life and the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. The tree of life symbolizes a life dependent on God in everything, while the tree of the knowledge of good and evil symbolizes a life independent of God. These two trees produce two lines that essentially stretch throughout the entire Bible. Some of the people on the line of the tree of life include Abel, Enosh, Enoch, and Noah. Now in the story of Noah, we actually saw something quite striking, which is the matter of the ark. And through the Bible, we see that the church is actually God's ark today. What do we mean by that? It means that building the church is God's number one priority today. Everything Christ is doing is related to building up the church. All of Paul's epistles have the same view. Peter's epistles, John's epistles, they all have this in view. If you don't believe me, read them again and pay attention to the words like body of Christ, kingdom of God, and church. Pay attention to how many times Paul writes things like, greet so-and-so for me, or so-and-so greets you. The ministry of the Lord Jesus and all the apostles has this point in view. It's everywhere in there. Now, why am I bringing up this matter of the church? How does it relate to the picture of Jacob's life in this matter of transformation? We're about to find out, aren't we, Christian? Let's start with this matter of transformation, and then we will tie it all together in the end. Christian, what verses do you have for us today? We should get into those verses you mentioned uh, about transformation. There's actually only two verses in the New Testament that have this word transformation. There's probably a couple more that have this kind of idea. The first verse is Romans 12, 2. And do not be fashioned according to this age, but be transformed by the renewing of the mind, that you may prove what the will of God is, which is good and well-pleasing and perfect. So again, here, this transformation is not something outward. Here it says, be transformed by the renewing of your mind, of the mind. And we've mentioned before, you know, 
a part of our salvation, God, God got into our spirit. But now God wants to get into our mind. He wants to renew our mind. And this is the primary place where we're transformed, the way we think about things. I will give my personal example for like for me being kind of <laughs> having my mind renewed. I used to think everybody in the Bible was perfect. That was my natural concept religious concept everybody in the bible is a perfect angel that's because i never read the bible growing up even though i was a believer but i i started reading the bible at a certain point in my life and i remembered in a very specific case in genesis i was like oh my goodness this is a very fallen (laughs) person in the bible and so that was kind of a renewing for me of my mind but Again, this is something inward. This is not just an outward, outward change, outward mimic, mimicking of some good behavior or something. Yes, Christian, I like that you brought up this point. Transformation is not a change of outward behavior. But here in Romans 12.2, it implies something inward, something metabolic. I think in almost every religion, it's about doing good works, about changing outward behavior. And to a certain extent, That thought has crept into Christianity. We just have a list of do's and don'ts, and as long as we keep that list, we're fine. But let's see what this verse says. It says, be transformed by the renewing of the mind. It doesn't say, do not be fashioned according to this age, but be transformed by doing more good works. No, it says, by the renewing of the mind. It's something absolutely inward. To put it in another way, Religion is always outward in, but being a Christian is inward out. Let's take a look at nature. One insect that undergoes transformation that we are all familiar with is the butterfly. Well, how does the caterpillar become the butterfly? The caterpillar doesn't get a manual that says how to be a butterfly. Step one, butterflies have wings, so I'm going to build these wings and wear them. Step two, butterflies drink nectar. Oh, okay. I'm going to get some straws and start drinking nectar. No, that's not how it works. Actually, the caterpillar just eats and eats and eats and eats, and then it undergoes this metabolic process of building a cocoon, and then it comes out and it's a butterfly. Afterwards, it just does what butterflies do. It flies, it drinks nectar, not because of a manual, but because of an inward change. This is what the Bible means by transformation. Renewing our mind is not changing the Bible to a book of right and wrong and doing it. It's coming to the word of life as food, eating it, digesting it, spending time with God until it renews our mind, until God's thoughts become our thoughts, until God's emotion becomes our emotion, God's will becomes our will. This is what the Christian life is all about. And this is what the Bible means by transformation. I just want to mention the, very quickly the other verse, because I said there's two verses that contain transformed. So that there is Romans 12, 2. And then there's also 2 Corinthians 3.18. But we all, with unveiled face, beholding and reflecting like a mirror, the glory of the Lord are being transformed into the same image from glory to glory, even as from the Lord's Spirit. 
So it's very interesting. You're you're looking at something and you're reflecting it, and that's the transformation. Oh, that's one of my favorite verses, Christian, and I think it is bring out the exact same thought. We talk about wanting Jesus to walk on the earth again. I think there is even Christian songs talking about this. But notice again the burden Paul was bringing out. It has nothing to do with outward behavioral modification. Rather, we behold him. He appears to us over and over again, just like he did to the ones in the Old Testament. We behold him. We spend time with him in his word, in prayer, and through our beholding, our expression starts to be transformed. Now when people see us, they don't just see a good person or someone doing a lot of good deeds. They see Jesus being expressed in our living. This type of Christian living is absolutely different. This is what Paul meant when he said that Jesus may make his home in your hearts. He wants to move the furniture, to paint the walls, to knock down walls, to rearrange everything, so that now your heart isn't just a motel to him, it's his home. He's expressed there. He has free reign there. Now, this goes beyond the phrase, what would Jesus do? This is truly Jesus living again on the earth in you. This type of Christian living is altogether different from behavioral modification. This type of Christian living is what God is after. Yeah, I, I'm just considering um, what a blessing it is. We can see this in the Word and have some understanding, some insight into the situations we go through in our lives, like the sufferings or the wrestlings that we have. They could very well just happen, and there is no growth. There's no transformation. It, ha- it can and it does happen to people. All the time, but we should be those who are aware, who are vigilant. Lord, what are you trying to gain in this? You know, maybe it might start out with why is this happening? Why, why? But then, like, Lord, like, I, I want to gain you in these wrestling situations. May we have the insight, the the vision from the word to see that this is an opportunity to allow the Lord to transform something in us. You know, and ultimately it's for, for, for the building, for his purpose. Yes, Christian, I like how you brought this out. We need insight in all the situations that we're going through, whether it's school, marriage, kids. God is sovereignly arranging all these situations to touch us, to expose us, to show us how independent we are of him, how much we rely on our natural strength, our natural kindness and goodness our cleverness, but if we have the insight in these times, we would ask the Lord to work on us, to work on me, to touch me so that he can make more home in my heart. Let's tie this back to Jacob's story. You know, we saw last week that God was just allowing Jacob to wrestle with him for hours, and this was really to expose Jacob, to show him how much he relied on his natural strength. But after all the effort and strength, and the trying and manipulating, all it took was one touch by God and then pop, it wasn't sufficient. Now one striking point is when Jacob was asking God to bless him, God asked him, what is your name? Did God not know what his name was? Of course he knew, but right then and there, Jacob had to say, I'm Jacob. I'm a heel holder. I'm a supplanter. In a sense, 
He confessed to God who he was. He was honest with God, and then God changed his name. It's almost like he said, I know you're a supplanter, a heel holder, but no longer. By faith, you're going to be called Israel, which means a wrestler with God. I believe this was very meaningful. Now, after that encounter, it isn't like Jacob was a perfect godly man. No, but every time he encountered a situation, his name reminded him to look beyond his situation, to look at God, to see that God is trying to gain something in him, to continue his transforming work in him. May we have that same revelation and experience as Jacob did. Yeah. Of course, his name has changed from heel holder. That's what Jacob means to Israel, which means wrestling with God. That's very interesting I, to realize that Israel means that. And in a sense, like some people might kind of recoil at the thought, wrestle with God, like how dare we? <laughs> but it just kind of shows how like a intimate interaction Jacob had with God and that we should be having with the Lord. And uh, through those interactions, the Lord is able to get some, make some, make some more home in our heart. You know, there's some dealing there. You know, you have some conversations with the Lord, like, how should I feel about my parents? How should I think, you know, how should, what, what choices should I choose this? Should I choose that? And as we bring the Lord in, to those choices, those thoughts, the Lord is making his home in our heart. He's, you know, as we get into the word and it, it says that we're being washed by the water in the word, uh, we're getting brainwashed in a good way, <laughs> mind renewed. And, and, and ultimately not just for ourselves, right? It's, it's back to being able to participate in God's building and even ex- this kind of, I would say blessing, transformation, extending out from ourselves to those around us. Perfect, Christian. I want to conclude this podcast by asking the question, why? Why do we need transformation? Why did God arrange all those trials and situations for Jacob? Why does he do it for us? And I think you hit it right on the head, Christian. It's for the building up of his church. If you look at Exodus, There were millions and millions of the children of Israel there. You look at their trials and tribulation, and you start to realize that God was working on all of them, just like he had worked on Jacob, allowing all sorts of trials so that they could express God on the earth at that time. You look at Romans 12 too. What is the book of Romans talking about after chapter 12? It was the church life. It's easy to be one with yourself. But what about being one with your spouse? What about being one with your brothers and sisters in the Lord? All of a sudden, there's opinions, conflict, division. What's God's solution? Be transformed by the renewing of the mind. If we all had Christ's mind, then God could truly be expressed on the earth. Isn't this what Jesus prayed for in John 17, 23? Let me read that verse for you. I in them and you in me, that they may be perfected into one, so that the world may know that you sent me and love them even as you have loved me. According to John 17, if we were one, if Christ was really able to be fully expressed in his church on earth today, the world would know that he's the Messiah. 
Now, how can he get that? How can millions of us be one? It's not outward behavioral modification. It's transformation. It's getting our mind renewed. It's beholding Jesus and reflecting Jesus. Now you see why Jacob's life story is so crucial. He was a man that was dealt with by God until he represented God on the earth. He was above Pharaoh. God had transformed him from a heel holder to Israel. He wants to do that to each one of us today. Can you imagine millions and millions of Christians that have been touched by God, worked on by God, transformed by God, having our mind renewed to match Christ's mind, having our emotions and our will touched to match God's will and emotion. What a wonderful picture. Then the church really could be one. Then God could really be expressed on the earth today. Then the world would believe that He's the Messiah. That is the way to preach the gospel. I get so excited when I talk about this. I believe this is really central to God's heart. So today, in all the situations you guys are in, turn to the Lord, open to Him, instead of praying, why is this happening to me? Ask Him what He wants to gain in you, what He wants to touch in you. You may live forever after praying that with God. You lose something you thought was a strength of yours, but in exchange, you get God. Hallelujah! I hope this speaking really touched you guys as much as it has touched me and Christian. I hope you guys have a blessed week. I'm praying for you, and may God make more of His home in our hearts this week. Have a great one.